On the Pilot TV podcast this week, we are up to our asses in murder because Nicola Walker is back on the beat in Alibi's Annika. Timeline splicing anthology Cruel Summer returns to Prime Video with a story that sees a body pulled ignominiously from the sea and we've hit homicides against podcasts once again as Disney's only murders in the building sees Martin Short, Steve Martin and Selena Gomez take on another case. Plus, you simply cannot keep Tiffany Haddish away from the Pilot TV podcast and we caught up with her to talk her return to Apple's The After Party. I'm James Dyer, and welcome to the Pilot TV Podcast, your essential guide to every show that matters, and a podcast that is being beamed to you direct from my inner sanctum, which I can confirm exclusively <laughs> contains no action figures of any kind, sealed in their boxes or otherwise. Uh, not with me, but being beamed in from their own personal inner sanctums are my two co-hosts, Kay Ribeiro and Boyd Hilton. But look, let's not fuck about. Let's cut right to the heart of this. I feel we need to get to the nub of things. Boydie, please give us a TV update. How is the screen? Has it been fixed? Has it been replaced? Are you being forced to watch Traders um, Australia on a normal human-sized screen? What's going on? Well, funny you should ask, actually. Yeah, because I was going to save this for the, although it is imminently what you've been watching section. Um, but the what you've been watching... You've been watching has, a wall. <laughs> yeah. I've been watching a TV that, frankly, turns off for no reason in the middle of watching it <laughs> of its own accord. It's really kind of difficult to get it back on that it just stays on. It's the cooling fan, apparently. But even that isn't... The message it's like comes it's up. been possessed by a ghost, though. Yeah. A message comes up saying your cooling fan is faulty. Your TV has to switch off because it's overheating. Please call this number or go to this person, this Samsung which thing, you did. number, which I, which I did. And the Samsung guy was really helpful. But in the end, it's like it's nothing, It's not really much you can do. He says it's like one of the things that I've attached to the TV. You know, one of the things that's you know, like a Skybox or a Blu-ray player or a Apple, the Apple thing. One of those things. But... I can't, I, I, I was like, I tried to isolate it, but it's still doing it. That's well, clearly not the case. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not to, not to like technical support splain, but I don't believe an HDMI cable attached to anything is likely to be overheating right? your TV. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I so, think he's trying anyway. to fob it off onto someone else. Exactly. But bottom line is, I've had it for eight years, this TV. Yeah. And as anyone with a modern TV knows, they're basically, they're only guaranteed for five. Six yeah. if you go to Richard Sounds, by the way. Um, <laughs> I'm not being paid for by Richard Sounds. The Pilot um, TV Podcast is paid for- you in association with Richard <laughs> Sounds. <laughs> I, I'm not being paid for by any of these brands I'm about to name, by the way. Get ready. It's going to be a brand fest. As Boyd receives the deluge on new TVs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, bring it on. Um, but yeah, so it's only guaranteed for five years. So it's out of guarantees, out of whatever. So there's nothing, they can't, they, they can't fix it. And so I thought, oh, do you know what? Eight years is a good stint for my 78-inch and my Samsung 78-inch. I have bought a new TV. It's, a, it's, arriving, it's arriving tomorrow morning, Thursday. I'm very Eight excited men are going to carry it into your flat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I'm excited, yeah. It's an LG. I've gone from Sam- oh, Samsung to LG. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Please, can you um, can you tweet a picture of it? We need to see how big it is on your. Yeah, wall. yeah. It's actually. It's, it, do you know what? It's it's actually one inch smaller than, the, <gasps> than my current one. Yeah, you downgraded. Yeah, seventy-seven inch 77 TV. How inch. are you going to make Boys. out what's going on? I don't like, know. Yeah. How are you going to? How are you going to see might, the pictures? I know. I know. I'm going to have to move myself right up against the screen or something. Yeah, <laughs> like sitting in the front row of the BFI IMAX. Um, we would have we would have had a whip around for that extra inch to so see yeah, you could have got the yeah. extra inch. Okay, neither. Yeah. Of Earn that kind of money. <laughs> no. But um, an inch wouldn't cost a lot, right? But you know what? It, yeah. But this reason why I, I was going to save it for the what have you been watching section, it has affected my what have been watching time because I've literally spent the last two days researching every fucking TV review site, 
recommendation thing in the world to work out what the best TV right now <laughs> in that size. And by the way, the reason it's an inch smaller is because you just they just don't do 70-inch TVs anymore. 77 has become the standard. Oh, the go-to for, for every, the, for every larger, man on the street is 77 yeah, the, inches now. <laughs> for the person who wants a large-ish TV, 77. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Boy, <laughs> you just... Honestly, he's just, he's just in a different like world to the one I'm living in. My TV is uh, probably about 12 years old, and I don't even think it's properly HD. I mean, but man, now you oh, make no, me think really? I need to replace it. That makes me, yeah. that makes is it, me is sad. It, that makes is it a sad. CRT got... TV? Is it one of those big cathode <laughs> yeah. ray tube things? It's, yeah. it's the Bravia, whatever that one is. Like. Well, that's just a Sony TV. That's maker. a Sony TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's okay, TV. fine. The, the, one of the main rivals to the one I bought is a Sony Bravia still. One of the best TVs out there. Yeah, so, but... It makes me sad if it's not even HD. Yeah, whatever. no, I think I think it. Probably, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I know. bet I, it I, is. It must. I be. need. I need you to come over and just sort out all my cables. Is the long and short. Oh, okay. Steady. Anyway, the good thing. <laughs> the good thing is, it's arriving tomorrow. I'm very excited, and the people, the men who are going to, maybe women, could be women, are going to dispose of my current one, recycle it, and they good. install recycle. a new one, all that. Yeah. So it's a big day tomorrow for me. Getting a new CV. It's very exciting. I want but pictures. I mean, frankly, Boyd. I, I, I want pictures I'll on your Instagram. Okay, I'll send pictures. But Live tweet ha- the whole process. Yeah, but it has meant that I'm, so, apart from watching the stuff we have to watch, we're reviewing later, I haven't watched that much on on TV because my TV hasn't really worked that well. Um, but uh, I'm going into it now. So I've already started the section. If that's okay. Oh, wow. you, so James. We've, 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 glo- we've skipped over oh, no, a whole I'll wait. podcast. I'll wait. This is extraordinary. Oh, no, okay. oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll get back to it in the what we've been watching section. James, if you listen to the last pod, do you like how that neither Boyd and I know the format? So, like, I mean, we both- it's, it's comforting to me that no matter how many times we've done this, you guys, it's like a surprise when the next thing happens. Yeah. Now we're going to do what we're watching, and you're like, oh, we? Did you listen? <laughs> James, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did you listen to that episode? Of course I did. Oh, my God. To it. Well, well I, I take the piss out of you. Like, oh, James, I would. I defended you when when Steph was talking about your inner sanctum. I was like, we shouldn't talk it's, about his inner sanctum. I, you know what? It's fine. Uh, but no. But so the inner sanctum thing was was interesting because Steph isn't this absolutely Steph has been to my inner sanctum, right. uh, <laughs> but not the current inner sanctum. So my oh. old house. Steph came to my old house where I used oh, to live in right. Barnet, uh, and she came. Uh, weirdly, she came by. Uh, she dropped by to pick me up for a funeral, which we were then late to. Oh, but no. frankly, that's a whole other story that I'm not going to go into. Oh, where we actually Some missed a funeral and arrived late. But the less we, less said about that particular trip, the better. I would say. Uh, but yeah, she did come to my inner sanctum. I will point out at no point. Ever has my inner sanctum had action figures in their boxes? I, I thought that as that well. Point. I thought that as well. Yeah, actually, like, I wasn't as, sure. As she was saying that, as she was saying, I was thinking, I know James is a nerd and everything, but not in that way. I don't no. think he's an action figure nerd I'm unless I've completely nerd. missed out a whole segment of your life. Yeah, no. she, she, she literally she did you dirty. She, she did you very I, dirty. Listen, I, I, I took the mild piss out of you, but you have to. If you're going to be sitting for the host of anything, you have to mildly take the Absolutely. piss out of it. Right. Yeah. But she invented a whole thing. <laughs> That is incredible. <laughs> uh, maybe it's just maybe it was just the vibe it gave us. I will say, so I used to have like uh, a lot of framed pictures on the wall, sort of behind my TV, and they were from the Empire Twentieth Birthday photo shoot. I don't know if you remember this. We did this. We did this kind of. We called it informally when Harry met Sally again, and basically we got actors to reenact famous scenes from their films. And I had a lot of the framed ones on my wall. So you've got Arnie on a Harley Davidson doing Terminator Two. You've got Sam. In fact, I've still got the Sam Neil one. You can see it behind me. That's the only one that survived in this oh, house, yeah. which is Sam Neil holding a flare with like a T Rex sort of like silhouette in front of him. Now, 
Bearing in mind, I lived in this house quite a long time ago. It also had Mel Gibson in face paint as Braveheart. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. It had Kevin Spacey with his, hat, oh. with his foot on a box reenacting the, the end of seven. Wow. So, so I'm just I saying, mean, in retrospect, this war was incredibly problematic. Well, Kevin Spacey, except Kevin Spacey, not guilty. I mean, you know, true, true. Well, I'm not guilty of that, but of cutting off Gwyneth Paltrow's head, that's a yeah. separate matter. Um, but yeah, so it had lots of lots of pictures on the wall there. I think the Harry Potter kids reenacting a scene from Harry Potter. There was a whole load of things in there. Um, but uh, but yeah, they didn't they didn't survive the transition to Japan. You but it was so it was quite filmy in that regard but there were no there were no action no. figures on my no. wall so no. sorry about that i did know i knew someone a, a, a while ago i haven't really been that in touch with him um for a while for about a decade but when um we all, he had a party at his house um for like i think he was a friend of a friend of um, russell tovitz and we were around to to his house like a few of us and he literally had a whole room shelved of he-men and that you know masters of the universe oh, wow. in but they proper collectors keep them in their original yeah, box of course. that's so it's like i never i don't get that that's literally a collection of stuff you can't interact with it you have to look at it you're not allowed to touch it or even open the box yeah the cellophane it's such a mad um world like yeah, Look, I, don't I had He-Man, I had Skeletor, I had Battle Cat, I even had Evil Lynn. But I took them out of their boxes to play with them because I'm a normal right, human yeah. being. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, anyway. We say it's weird, those. but he's that person has now got, you know, thousands of pounds. Yeah, they're, they're um, worth lots of money, I'm sure. I mean, that's yeah. true. Paraphernalia that true. in their house. Yeah, well, did you, did you see, like, the original iPhone, like the first yes. model iPhone went for, like, a hundred grand mm-hmm. in its box? Who is paying a hundred grand for, like, an iPhone that doesn't work? Boy, do you, I bet you I have don't, an original, don't, don't you? Oh my gosh! Look at it. Hang on, that's not an actual original iPhone, is it? That's I mean, no, it that's is. the three G. That's the three G ver- version. It's, it's I can tell 3G. because of the plastic bit on the bottom. So that's it the is. second gen one. It's the second gen. I've got I've got an original gen one in my, over there, which is not to have. Oh my but gosh! I, I, so when I heard the story, funnily enough, <laughs> you, you went and found. <laughs> I was like, "Where the fuck are my original iPhones?" <laughs> so I found my bag of, of Apple goodies that I've got, but they're all they're all like this, not not in their original box. But he, apparently, the original one, which I have, it's, it's not in a very good condition. If it was in slightly better condition, would be worth quite a lot of money, like thousands, not not full wow. thousands. Just just think it, of how big that TV could have been, boys. That's right. I know. Yeah, you could have swapped I, your old iPhone oh for a big TV. God, yeah. yeah, I'm such an I was such an Apple obsessive. I, I, I kind of still am, but I've let it go a bit. That I used to get, I used to get every single Apple product pretty much first for quite wow. a while. Yeah, I was insane. So was before insane. Supreme, there was Apple. <laughs> well, probably simultaneously, really. Yeah. Well, what, oh yeah. my god. It's a bit, it's a bit, yeah. Well, Kay and I have never really owned enough to have that particular hobby. <laughs> oh but, my god. Uh... I mean, like, it's just a different life he's living, James. Is, You've got to accept. Oh yes, I get all the Apple products. Or I just have massive. <laughs> or I just have massive credit card debt. One of the two. Yeah, one of the two. <laughs> one of the two. Amazing, amazing. Look, guys, there's something I have not mentioned, which I should mention, is that this particular episode that we are recording right now is episode 248 and you know what that means don't you it means there is only one more show until our live 250th show at king's place london on the 19th of august how are you feeling nervous i feel nervous i do i feel nervous i think it's because you know when we record together we're just like you know in this little room together we just mess around and i don't think of the consequences <laughs> whereas actually eyeballing people as uh we're chatting and also the added pressure i mean the the most pertinent stress i've got at the moment is the cake baking and what the hell i'm going to make but, and but th- this is this is fine because actually this gives us an advantage because the one thing we do know about the audience is they will be ripped to the tits on sugar and flour so actually <laughs> there'll be a really like you know friendly bubbly highly energized audience because we'll have dosed them up with with sugar beforehand yeah that's true Actually, that is true. Yeah. Um, you think? Just quick one, guys. Does anyone have any al- allergies I should know about? <laughs> uh, cats. No. Um, 
Uh, no, no, I don't. It's Fine. like that bit where, okay. isn't it where, where it, is it, isn't it Monica in, in Friends when she's making pistachios and when, when they, they she does mockler and the pistachio, have, have you got any allergies? I think she says cats. They go, oh, won't let her have any. <laughs> it's like, yeah, so never <laughs> yeah. bake cats into your cakes. Okay, no. so um, on the record, you've both said that you're not allergic to anything, so I can't Not that I'm you. aware of, but I suspect you'll find something. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm allergic to bad cakes. Bad cakes, no. right, mm. okay, Ooh, noted. Check you out. No. Well, I'm looking forward to sampling you. Oh, yes. oh no, man, are going to be horrendous, I'm sure. <laughs> It's going to turn up with a 77-inch Victoria sponge. It's going to be extraordinary. Uh, no, I look forward to it. I will say to all of you lovely listeners who are currently tuning in, uh, if you have not got your tickets yet, then that begs the obvious question, why not? Because do you hate our cake? You hate our cake, don't you? We're making cake and you hate it. No, that's fine. It's absolutely fine. You hate our cake. It's not upsetting at all. So fine, cake haters. But if you don't hate cake, if you, in fact, Love cake. Go to kingsplace.co.uk slash pilot250. I do know the URL. Thank you very much, Boyd. You do not have to Google it. <laughs> <laughs> and you can oh, buy God. your tickets now. They are £14.50, I think, roughly, thereabouts. Uh, and uh, yeah, please come. Please come James, see us. At that point of the podcast last week when we were doing that and it was shambolic and I just felt so bad. I thought we're really letting dad down here. Like this, I felt so embarrassed. Oh, it was fun. I, I enjoyed listening to you guys. It's quite nice to, uh, to, to well, actually, do you know, there's a certain delight to be taken not having to watch any TV. This is absolutely true. I read the shit out of some books last week, like the absolute oh, wow. shit out of them because I was just like, the one thing I don't want to do last week, I, I don't want to watch telly. I just want to do something that isn't, that's what I was reading. I mean, yes, I was reading Expanse books. That's absolutely true. Oh but, but, so I'm slightly on brand still, but but nevertheless, nevertheless, uh, yeah, I, I read some books and didn't watch TV, but that does take us on to what we've been watching. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping you two watch some TV, otherwise it's going to be a very short segment. I have been watching, well, okay, so first of all, um, in preparation for us doing Only Murders in the Building, which we're going to get to, I watched the first few episodes of the first series, which I hadn't caught up with. So, I mean, I'm not going to say what I thought because it all bleed into the uh, next section, but that's what I was doing. Also, I watched the last three episodes of um, The Sixth Commandment in preparation for our chat with Sarah Phelps. Yes, um, which will be on Pilot Plus possibly now. It might even be up now ooh. as this podcast goes out, depending on how quickly Darren was able to edit it. <laughs> but yeah, you guys spoke to Phelpsy about The Amazing Sixth Commandment. I wasn't there because I had a big magazine thing and I was supposed to be in LA, but then I yeah, wasn't. Darren, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, Darren, if you haven't edited it, you can probably edit out the bit where I start the conversation with asking Sarah Phelps, the esteemed, uh, incredible writer, if she has, seeing as she is a fan of the podcast, if she has left a review. <laughs> <laughs> did she? I mean, no. she left a five star rating. No, she hadn't. And then she promised to, though. She promised to. So I'd keep it in if I was you. Because, yeah, I mean, right, okay, that's fine. it. That's it. I'm watching the reviews, Sarah. I said I'm it as be, a joke. I'm going to be watching them also, every week now to see when the Felty review drops. I mean, we just hustle everyone, right, for the review. And I yeah. just think if, if someone loves the pod, leave it. It should be, at the very least, an admission criteria for coming on the podcast. You have to have left us <laughs> yeah. a five star review. Exactly. But anyway, yes, yeah, so I watched all that and it was incredibly moving and affecting. And I just couldn't stop thinking about it afterwards. So. That's what I've been doing. Fabulous. Boydie. Well, as I said, um, I mean, I rewatched some of the Sixth Commandment as well for the, for, in preparation for the Sarah Phelps uh, chat. And by the way, I hope you got my message about stuff we had to edit out of that thing. For, yes, for legal I have reasons. passed that on to oh, Darren, don't worry. Because it's not just our usual, I fuck up and say something factually incorrect, <laughs> which I have done. I have done this week. Let's face it. Um, hey, I made I, it, please know that I was not the one who outed you for that. You were just outed yourself. <laughs> I know, I know. And it was someone mentioned on Twitter. I was like, oh my God, I of see. course. Yes. It, it, I mean, I'm going to admit it. It was a Doctor Who companion thing. I got confused. It's sorry. The casting of Doctor Who has been so like, 
unfolded over so long and there's so many casting announcements that I got confused between two of them. So thank you very much for re-editing it. Thank you. Yeah, because of my TV show, I haven't watched the, uh, that much stuff and apart from <laughs> preparing for podcasts, etc. And also there's been a lot, I have to say, there's been a lot of sport, you see, because... Mm. There was the cricket, the England cricket, which was brilliant. I actually this that didn't end well, did it? No, it did. England, England did won it? the England won the, f- the fifth test. The we drew, test. Right? Oh, yeah. This isn't we that thing the with the bits of burnt stumps. Yes, yeah, the ashes. Yeah, it's the ashes. Yes, that thing. I thought England <laughs> lost the no, ashes. No, well, no. it's uh, very confusing. It, Australia retained the ashes, right? What? Yes, they retained them because they won the previous series, so they had them. And then because England didn't win the series, it was two all. It was a two all draw. Right. right. So, do they get to keep the ashes? Uh, they get to keep Aussies. the ashes. I slightly regret asking. Carry on. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> but the whole, but it was an incredible. It was one of the best cricket series ever. I'm not a massive cricket fan. I, I'm, I like. I'm interested. I'm interested in all sport. But this particular series was one of the best in history. And um, so I did watch it quite avidly. And I, it's something very relaxing. I find about because mm. it goes on so long. It literally goes on all day. You know, from 11 a.m. in the morning to like 6.37 at night. And just have it on in the background. It's a bit like classical music for me. Like, I, I think find it's it like quite... the snooker as well. Yeah. Snooker, same thing. For yeah, me. same. Yeah. I just, I, see, the thing is you mischaracterize cricket. Like, I see cricket as just a very, very dangerous sport because my only recollections dangerous. of playing cricket. Yeah, because my recollections of playing cricket at school was this. You're in the sun. It's hot. You're largely <laughs> standing still waiting for something to happen. You're yeah. paying attention. You're paying attention. Your attention wanders and you get hit in the face with a ball made of stone. Nice. And, you know, it's, but that's, that, that was a game. I literally cracked ribs playing cricket. Oh, God. Really? Because like, the second your attention wanders, the ball comes flying towards you with the speed of a bullet and like smacks you in the ribs. Did you catch any of them or were you just more of a kind of... Unfortunately, I was the wicketkeeper at the time, so I probably should have been paying slightly <laughs> oh closer attention. Wow. Um, wow. But yes, the ball did come. I wasn't paying attention, and frankly, I stopped the ball with my body. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and well, I ended up in a This is absolutely true. I uh, love the yeah. fact that you're a wicketkeeper. That is brilliant. That is, I, mean, I like the, the gloves because you had accessories. <laughs> I like genuinely because like, so who wants what? I'm like, oh, I'll use these big gloves. This looks fun. I want, I want the accessories. I like so, the big gloves. Yeah. Amazing. So I was, I was wicketkeeper because it came with accessories. <laughs> this was probably clearly before the mask. You know, now people wear not masks, you know, helmets. It's, they don't yeah, really do that at schools, I don't think. No, they certainly didn't well, back when I was at school. I think they have to um, now for health and safety. Yeah, H&S. Uh, oh, well, that's that's a revelation that you play wicketkeeper. <laughs> I mean, our wicketkeeper didn't have the best of series. Although they did score a brilliant century and he had a really good final game in fact made a brilliant catch on the final day anyway I watched quite a lot of that cricket and I actually told Kay about it because she we, we were talking about something and I said actually this this is she was she Kay can always tell what if she calls me up on the work uh, uh zoom what, what's it called um teams teams teams, <laughs> teams um she can tell if I'm distracted after about half a second and she gets kind of, you know, quite annoyed about it, understandably, because I'm being distracted. And, <laughs> well, he's, um, he's always got something on, right? And usually it's like either he's watching uh, PMQs or This Morning, quite a contrast. And, but surely um, not at time, the moment, right? Like you've got his full attention oh, now because yeah, he doesn't have a television. Well, mm, Yeah, well, you would think. But not, yeah, at this stage he was able to watch the cricket. And so, yeah, he was really like glued on the TV. I was like, what are you watching? And then he told me like, Tune in because this is this is going to end soon and it's going to be really exciting. So I did. Yeah, and it was very exciting. Yeah, because this guy um, Stuart Broad, who's been a brilliant cricketer, retired, announced his retirement on his final test. He not only in his final as as a batsman, he hit it for six in his final ball he'll ever face in in, in in as a professional cricket player. He also bowled ever out the last their last player as his final ball bowl that he bowled bowl that he bowled. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, anyway, James is nodding off. I, anyway, it was very exciting. And I said to Kay, you've got to watch this finale because it's very exciting. And she did. And it was all very good. So there's that. There's the Women's World Cup, by the way. England yep. beat, beat China yesterday 7-1. I mean, incredible. Come on, the Lionesses. And the Lionesses are looking really good. They've kind of, it's had a really bad start, but it's, they're building up ahead of steam. The manager hit upon a really good um, new system yesterday, a new formation, picked the right players, and we played brilliantly against China. So I've got very high hopes about the rest of that competition. USA nearly went out. There was literally the width of a, of a crossbar before the US. Anyway, all very exciting. I can't, t- Cup. I can't, Boido, I can't tell if James is frozen or I know. He's asleep with his, or yeah. asleep with his eyes open. I think <laughs> it's still, I think it's, it's, it's asleep, but with the eyes open. It's, yeah. it's mild yeah. catatonia. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> but, the women, but the Women's World Cup, honestly, in about two weeks' time, when it gets to the really like nub of the matter, if England's still in, in the quarterfinal, semifinal, final, this, the, this country is going to go absolutely insane for it. So get ready for that. I mean, we could go out. So, you know, let, let, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So, yeah, it's been very much sport based. Uh, those those things. There's also Netball World Cup, by the way, taking place. Oh wow! Which is, yeah, which is all on Scott. Which again, England could do very well. Um, in theory, England are really good. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of uh, and the football. Oh, by the way, the football season starts literally this weekend. Oh, good. Much. Yeah. And, Listen, uh, you you asked him what he's watching. This is what he's I, watching. I was hoist by my own Picard. It's absolutely true. <laughs> you really were. Yeah. So there we go. What have you been watching, James? Well, other than reading books, which are made mm. of trees, uh, I actually have watched a couple of things. So I watched the Star Trek Strange New Worlds Lower Decks crossover episode, the much-touted oh, yeah. Lower Decks crossover, which I think a lot of the listeners were excited for me to watch. Because, And I have to say, it's a masterpiece, because it perfectly blends two tonally divergent shows. You've got Lower Decks, which is an adult animated comedy. You've got Strange New Worlds, which is actually quite elastic in its tone, which I think is one of that show's strengths. They can go horror, they can go comedy, they can go like almost like mad cap fast like they've had fast episodes the spot fast episodes are brilliant um and in this one they managed to retain the kind of the sensibility and the comedic feel of lower decks but in the strangely world setting so the animated characters come out as live action characters as jack quaid in there uh, as bomler and uh and and it's it's amazing and and i really really enjoyed that i'm not going and they did an animated title sequence so the, it was a strangely well title sequence but it was animated like the animated show and frankly it was great there's even gags about they call it tos which obviously stands for the original series but in this case it's those old scientists which is the name of the episode uh but yeah, it's really funny and there is and i won't spoil it because anyone hasn't seen it but there's a beautiful sting at the end of the episode which i thought was again was just brilliant and it shows how much fun these guys have making the show and how and i know i don't normally hold with sci-fi not see Boyd is now yawning yeah, yeah, expansively I'm, it's I'm, that you've now swapped places like you've talked about football and I nearly died <laughs> and now I'm going to talk about Star Trek and Boyd's praying for death um but yeah I, just, I and there's a musical episode of Strange New Worlds coming up which frankly may have aired by the time this podcast goes out because I don't know which order it's in but there's literally a musical episode coming and I just think this this what they've done with this particular series is incredible uh and I, I think it shows that there's an awful lot of scope in it so yeah that was great the other thing I watched Boydy Boydy Boyd is the Nevers. Oh. Do you remember the Nevers? Oh, vaguely, the Victorian yeah. science fiction yeah. show created by Joss Whedon, uh, which sort of they aired the first six episodes of, and then it just kind of evaporated. Mm. And now, if you remember, the remaining six episodes aired on Tubby. Oh. Tubby, the um, oh, but, but, yeah. but, but in a window, so you had to tune in at a specific time. It was like being back in the nineties. Yeah. You had to tune in at a specific time and watch these episodes on Tubby as they aired. And if you, it's like fucking Haley's Comet. If you missed it, you had to wait like thirty years for it to come back again, uh, or a few days, either way. So, so 
there's no, and I don't think there's ever been a way to watch it in the UK to the best of my knowledge. Um, but I was on YouTube. And you remember last time I was on YouTube, I, I came across Naked Attraction. So all, all, things don't go well, frankly, when I'm browsing YouTube. But someone had uploaded episode seven of The Nevers to YouTube, specifically the first half of episode seven. I don't know why. So I've only seen the first half of episode seven. So I decided to watch episode the first half of episode seven of The Nevers, which presumably someone had captured off Tubby and put on YouTube. Uh, and I was watching it and I had forgotten how utterly batshit that show became. I don't know if you, you didn't watch all of the first half, did you? Did you just watch the first couple of episodes? Um, or? Just the first couple of episodes, yeah. Because yeah. it starts obviously with them, you know, it's Victorian people and Laura Donnelly and Anne Skelly and they've got They've got abilities. They've got powers, right? So that's what it is. And James Norton is in this. You remember this is kind of yeah. like whoosh, you know. Okay, now I'm interested. Yeah, he runs a he runs like a sex club for rich people. It's wild. It's about as far away from Tommy Lee Royce as you could possibly imagine. He's terribly posh in this. Um, but but the episode six, which was the last one that actually aired, takes place in the future with soldiers fighting aliens oh in a God. pure sci-fi setting. And it turns out that that uh, uh, Laura Donnelly's character is actually Claudia Black from Farscape, who's a future soldier fighting aliens and who has been transferred by aliens back into the past, into the body of this woman, Molly. Uh, and it was such a violent 180 degree sort of like turn for that show that broke everyone's brains. And then obviously it went off the air and no one knew what happened after that. So, mm-hmm. so, yeah, so essentially episode seven picks up from that. And frankly, it was, it was actually, actually quite boring. actually a Farscape um- no, so Claudia oh. Back is from Farscape. Oh, okay, was, right. It's I'm not sorry. actually a Farscape crossover. I for a minute, Although, like, I'd be there for that. I yeah. would be there for that. The way you said that was so straight, was so like, you know, um, yeah, it was almost like you weren't joking. Yeah, I was like, there was no, really... Like, it, really? It, 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 suffice to say, it was insane and it continues to be insane. Although having watched the first half, which is frankly, it seems to be that's the only bit of the uh, the Nevers is on YouTube. I couldn't find the second half or any of the other episodes. So I think I'm kind of stranded there. But having watched the first half of that one, I'm not sure I'm all that bothered. Uh, I, I I don't, you know. They were great in it. Laura Donnelly in particular was fantastic in that show. But uh, I, yeah, I, 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 can't, I can't in good conscience tell you to seek it out. So uh, if Tubby is on, maybe watch something else. All I remember about it is they have like they have superpowers, don't they? Like weird, yes. random They are called superpowers. Yes, that's right, yeah. And it's I like do remember, X-Men, Victorian X-Men. And I do remember James Norton being kind of like, yeah, kind of sexy, sexy, pansexual. Posh, sexy, posh, sexy yes. guy. Standard, yeah, standard, exactly standard. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not and isn't there a character yeah. who's like a massive giant as well? Like a, yes, there is. There's a giant girl. Right. There's a, a girl who shoots fire out of her hands. There's, yeah, all sorts of people. Right. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So there you go. The Nevers. Watched a bit of that. And that's it. That's all I watched. Wow. Sorry. Fair enough. I mean, you know. Okay. Brilliant. You took time off. You well, read. I did. I did. I took time off and I read. I read the books. <laughs> I read the books. The expanded books. You should uh, start up your own book club. I think people will be interested in So this is genuinely a thing. So so me and Helen have talked forever about doing a kind of fantasy slash sci-fi book podcast. Yeah, you should. At mm. some point, we may end up doing this. Because you've got uh, enough time. <laughs> yeah, well, mm. exactly. It's the, that is the problem. That's why we haven't done it. It's a time thing. It's a time thing. Uh, but one day, one day, it may, it may come to pass. Uh, when I have to watch less TV and can then read more books. But uh, let's move on now to this week's listener question. And this week's listener question, which I did share with you, but you almost certainly didn't read. And this week's question comes from someone who, and I very much apologize, their name has been clipped off of the screen grab and I cannot read it. So I don't know who this has come from. If this is your question, then thank you for sending it in. But this question from the pod says, one of my favorite decisions in the Ted Lasso finale was their choice not 
to have Keely choose one of her suitors. If they had, they would have reduced her arc to which man does she belong with? And we would have lost focus on all her other achievements as a character. Very true. So I'm wondering which other on-screen will-they-won't-they coupling you wish had never been resolved, as they had a negative impact on the show overall. Personally, I would have liked it much better if Mulder and Scully had remained colleagues and friends throughout the run of the X-Files instead of getting romantic. Okay, so I sort of misread the question. Ah, excellent. Good start. <laughs> <laughs> no, in terms of the will they, won't they. So this is a, the couple I'm going to say, it wasn't, they weren't in that kind of situation where we didn't know if they would, um, it had been like long teased or anything. But I'm going to take it back to, as I always do, the OC, um, which I know probably about two people lis- uh, watch um, who are listening. And I would say, so the couple I'm talking about is Taylor Townsend and Ryan. So guys, did either of you watch it? So that's that's the final season, isn't it? It's Taylor yeah. and Ryan. So this is after Marissa died. Justice yes. for Marissa. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, I so I tuned out when Marissa died. I stopped watching the OC. So I I'm, I didn't see any of the Taylor stuff. Well, let me tell you, James. Ryan and Taylor hooked up. Now I know opposites attract, but let's face it, Marissa was the only one for Ryan. And yes, their relationship was toxic, and it I mean, was she a hellscape. Was dead, so that's not healthy. Yeah. I mean, it was a one way relationship after a while, of course. But um, yeah, I just think. That combo didn't really work for me, and I think he should have stayed in mourning for the rest of time rather than get with Taylor. Boy, did you have strong feelings about this? Um, Taylor, Ryan, come on. Are you team team Taylor or team Marissa? This is important. Um, I think I'm team Marissa, pretty much. Yeah. 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 You guys invested in this. No, no. You know what? I'm I'm desperately trying to think of an answer that's not the answer I always give to this question. Um, um, Let me guess. It's Daphne and Daphne and Niles. Of course it is. It's the best example, though. It is the best example. Regular listeners, I'm sorry, but it it still is the answer to the question because Frasier, the Niles-Daphne thing was such a brilliant will-they-won't-they because... It never ever seemed that it was. It was like Niles's unrequited obsession for Daphne was handled in such a brilliantly what brilliant way that she never knew. What part of the brilliant joke of it was she had? She was completely oblivious, even though he was so obvious in his obsession with her. And they managed to stretch that out for like what I don't know seven eight seasons, um, and then they finally decided to make the focus of the show. You know, um, Niles leaving his wife, who you never see. Um, and uh, and and finally telling Daphne, or Daphne finally finding out, basically accidentally through Fraser getting her giving Fraser a massage and him kind of hallucinating. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, it's just it's the odd question because the show never was the same again after after Niles and Daphne got together. I know there was there's some still brilliant episodes. Don't don't get me wrong, all the way through, all the through the the post Niles, Niles and Daphne getting together <laughs> era. Niles and Daphne. Dolls and Naphne, um, yeah. But it just wasn't quite the same. And I think it was, I still think it was a mistake to do that in the show. I mean, there, it became like a, like a kind of ongoing, almost soapy show because it had that, all the stuff about their relationship and how they had to keep it a secret because of uh, Niles's, the woman he married, etc. Anyway, that is the answer to the question. The other answer to the question, of course, is um, Tim and Dawn in the office, in the UK office, the original office, um, which again was, was will they, won't they, only across like two series and a Christmas special, but still, that you know, Ricky, Ricky Gervais always says, you know, people came for David Brent, but they stayed for Tim and Dawn. And Tim, the Tim, the way the Tim and Dawn um, romance was handled is one of the great achievements in TV comedy history. And they that was a will they won't they situation all the way through uh, until the end for sure. And then they got together and it was magical. 
Well, what did you think of Pam and Jim in the American office? Yeah, I'm not as I, I like Pam. They were they were brilliant as well, but they, they really had, that really went on, you know. And um, uh, I, I'm not as invested in the American office as I am in the, the UK office because I think the UK office is still the greatest thing of all time. So. I, mean, I do really like the American office, don't get me wrong, but I'm not obsessed with it. You do have an ongoing problem there, isn't it? Because some shows, the sexual tension between the kind of will-they-won't-they they people fuels the passion of the show. Yeah. But you can only do it for so long before yeah. it just starts to drive people mad, right? Like they, exactly. they, they just get upset and they're like, for fuck's sake, it's like, either do or don't, but this is driving us mad. Um, so it's like, it kind of works in some ways when it's unresolved, when it's a background thing. So the Mulder and Scully thing, like the, the sexual tension was there, but it was secondary, mm. right, to the main yeah. plot. So you didn't need to resolve that, I don't think. Like it didn't, like that could have just carried on in the background, where sometimes when it's foregrounded, I think it's slightly more difficult. Um, you know, obviously there's the whole camp who think Ross and Rachel should never have ended up together and Joey was in fact the one for Rachel. And there's a very no. strong argument to be had for that. There is a strong argument that the relationship no, with Joey was far less toxic than the relationship oh. with Ross. <laughs> James, jo you, Joey had the most Joey, character growth of any character on that show and I will yeah, die on this hill. Yeah, but he's, because he was such a basic character to start with. I mean, I love Joey, don't get me wrong, but him and Rachel, that was that felt so wrong. Did you well, like them together? Yes, yes. I was I was quite invested in, in Joey and Rachel. And then Oh and no, then, it's Ross know. and Rachel forever for me. Is it? Yeah. Uh, I, think I'm, I think I'm this. with James on this one, actually. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank yeah. you, Boydie. Thank mm. you, Boydie. It's true love, Kate. It's true love. You can't, mm. you can't deny it. Well, yeah. between uh, you two. Yes, between me and Boyd on this particular subject. Uh, Fine. My answer that would this be a question, lot of baldness going on. If that was... It would be a lot of baldness. Bald squared. <laughs> yes. Um, I, uh, my answer to this question is always the same, uh, which is Josh and Donna from the West Wing who should oh, never yeah. have got together uh, yeah. because she wasn't the one for him because there was a whole, and yes, I know their dynamic shifted when she went off to to work for Bingo Bob, but I, I fundamentally think that there was a discrepancy in power there. Like he was her boss. He All he ever did was mansplain and patronize her. That was the entire dynamic they had. Literally, her, she, she that character existed as a plot device to inform, she was the Vox Popular. She informed the viewers of political shit they didn't understand. And the, the entire device that Sorkin created was that Josh would, incredibly patronizingly explained to her aspects of politics that she didn't understand. That was their whole relationship. Whereas Josh and Amy Gardner, who frankly took no shit whatsoever, that was brilliant. Like she outclassed him on every level and he was running around after her. And I thought those two worked beautifully together. And obviously that relationship kind of fizzled off screen because these romances were always kind of took place in the background. But I just thought that time when, when Josh ultimately ends up in bed with Donna, I thought... Two things. I thought, first of all, you got shot at the end of season one, and I don't see a bullet wound. <laughs> and the second thing I thought <laughs> during that particular sex scene is, no, what are you doing? This is horrible. Stop it. So I'm sorry. I can't. I cannot. I cannot sanction Donna and Josh. It wasn't a sex scene, was it? It was like. No, you know, no, it wasn't, no, it wasn't yeah. like hardcore fucking. Yeah, it was I the mean, worst on network show. I know. What a thought. But yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that as well. Yeah. There was a post-coital yeah, shot where, uh, it's a post-coital shot without the shot where Josh is missing his scar oh, from, from the bullet wound that he sustained at the end of season one. Bloody uh, so yes, that, that's the I thing like the that fact I that like. you should be working on continuity on the on <laughs> Yes, I should, in, in fact. Maybe he was done. just using bio oil. That's really good Perhaps that's what he was rubbing in every day. And actually <laughs> yeah. the scarring had really gone down. It was quite impressive. Uh, Terry's answer to this is always, I think, uh, Spike and Buffy together, where she really liked the relationship, but then for reasons unknown, it went so dark 
that relationship does. And if you you guys remember this, where Spike tries to rape her in one of the episodes, like oh. it's really mm, fucking great. horrible. And it's like, and that was just like, what were you thinking when you wrote that? Have like, we ever what? done? Have we ever done? I can't remember. Have we ever done our worst episodes of a of a long running show ever? Have we done that? Oh, I don't question. think we have actually. Oh, I, I don't think of, perhaps yeah. that is a question we should address yeah. at some point. What are the worst episodes? The worst of long single ride? episodes. Yeah, I can tell you a hundred percent what the worst episode of The West Wing is right here, right now, and I believe yeah, it's called same. All Access. Yeah, and it's the one yeah. where a documentary making, crew yes. follows CJ hey. around, and it's excruciating. It is terrible. Yeah, and it's such a really good idea. It was because uh, I actually I remember writing the preview of that episode, right, and thinking, "Oh, this sounds really good. What a great thing to do!" And it was absolute <laughs> disaster. Completely yeah. terrible episode yeah like absolutely the, awful that's why i was thinking of fraser dolls and niles and daphne dolls and daphne, dolls and daphne. <laughs> oh my god is they had some absolutely terrible episodes there was one episode when where daphne went off was packed off to a fat retreat to lose weight yeah and you know wow. of course of course the actor Jane, uh, Jane Leaves was pregnant and so their way of incorporating a pregnancy into, into the show was to make it get really fat and it was awful excru- I mean you literally wouldn't do it now, now thank no, God you absolutely wouldn't it was absolutely terrible like body shaming it was like a body shaming special and it was horrendous and, and yeah so that, that kind of episode happened after the Niles and Daphne era became, became real all right, I feel exhausted myself now with that rant. Yeah, and also the worst, uh, the worst episode of Star Trek Voyager, I can tell you off the top of my head, and it's where Catherine Janeway and Tom Paris have sex and turn into newts. <laughs> oh, my God. Absolutely true, and have little newt babies. Uh, this is a thing that genuinely happened. Let's I, I, jump the of, shark or what? I mm. jumped the newt is what it did. But uh, <laughs> that particular episode, I think, is one of the things all Trekkies pretend it doesn't exist. Like, no one mentioned it. No one refers to it. It doesn't exist. If you're actually interested, Kaz, because I think, believe they go past warp 10 and they go so fast that they turn into newts. Like Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Like Indiana Jones and yeah. the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, who famously yeah. turned into a newt. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. That Famously. That doesn't exist. Famously, it doesn't exist. <laughs> yes, like, like it doesn't exist. Right, okay, that was, I don't know what that was. It might have been a question. Uh, if you have a question for us that you would like to share, and frankly, if you want to share it via text, that's fine. If you want to leave us a voice note that we can play on the show, that's fine too. I'm actually quite into that idea. Feel free to send those in uh, to us via no, Instagram. Yes, A text. Are you giving out your phone number? No, not a text, by text, like through, through oh, the medium right. of the written fine, word. Fine. I thought this so, was the moment that everyone got James's number. I was quite excited. Yes, I'm about <laughs> to give out my phone number. Uh, no, but you can find me on Instagram at James C. Dyer and you can send your voice notes and text notes to me there for this particular show or to us on at Pilot TV Pod, which is on uh, Instagram and Twitter. I'm continuing to call it Twitter. There will never come a time when I will call it X. <laughs> Should we have a guest? Let's have a guest. Let's have a guest. Tiffany Haddish missed a podcast when the after party returned to Apple because her plane was delayed. This is absolutely true. But fear not, because if there's one thing you cannot do, it's keep Tiffany Haddish away from the Pilot TV podcast, as evidenced by the anarchic interview she did with Beth for season one. Now, we had to have her back, naturally. Uh, so we jumped on Zoom with her just before the SAG strike kicked in. She was not busting any pickets when she did this. Uh, and Amon Warman had the pleasure of talking to her, which we'll hear in just a second. One slight warning, however. Do not listen to this interview unless you have seen the sixth episode of The After Party, which airs as we go out tomorrow night. So it's on Tuesday night. Because Tiffany, who frankly cannot be restrained by any means known to man, does drop a couple of plot points from that episode. So if you want to skip the interview for now, I will completely understand. I will leave the timestamp in the episode notes so you can get past it and then come back to it once you've seen the episode on Tuesday. This is Simone Woman and Tiffany Haddish. We are delighted to welcome back 
to the Pilot TV podcast, the star of the After Party Season 2, Tiffany Haddish. How are you? I'm successful. How are you? <laughs> I'm also successful. Yes, you are. I'm so glad you said that because you woke up today. You winning. We all winners yes. if we waking up. We successful. Yes. Yes. Just all this. Tiffany, I have to say before we get into it, your first interview that you did with the Pilot TV podcast, it's the stuff of a legend around these halls. People still really? it. So I feel a bit of pressure today. Like, you know, there's a bar that's been set. But you know what? I believe in us. I believe yeah. in us. I think this is going to be a fun chat. It's going to it be. Is. It <laughs> so before I get into season two, I want to talk about the first season briefly and the reaction to that. Were you surprised by that at all? And was there any particular reaction from any of your peers that stood out to you? I was surprised. Can I just be blatantly honest? Yeah. I was surprised by how many white men was coming up to me asking me, who did it? <laughs> who did it? Who did it? I, I don't have time to sit and watch the whole thing. Just tell me who did it. I'm like, you did it. You gotta watch it. Like, I was really surprised by that. Like, I was like, dang, I didn't think, I really didn't, I don't know why I didn't think so many white men would watch it, but there's a lot of white men that watch it. I was shocked. <laughs> I was shocked. This is good. You know, when, when they sense quality, even, even they come and see, and then they, they acknowledge that. Yeah. And then I was also, I was happy about the different Black women that would come up to me and go, oh, Tiffany, girl, I wish you was my detective. <laughs> I had a detective. That's the detective I would want. If somebody was investigating me, that's the one I would want. I'm like, that's the one I would want, too. That's why I played it like that. That's, that's who I would want to investigate me. In this season, you got your own episode. That's pretty awesome. Did you have any chat with Lord and Miller in advance of that in terms of what you wanted from that? And what was your reaction when you saw what you were going to get be getting up to? <laughs> well, um, I did not have, they just told me that it was going to be an erotic thriller. And I was like, oh, I like erotic thrillers. <laughs> and then um, when I read it, I was like, oh, my stomach might have to be out. <laughs> And I was like, can we get a body double? Can we get a body double who's like my dream body, like the dream, the body I always wanted? Can we get that person here? And they was like, oh, that would be funny. I was like, yeah, because you ever see those erotic thrillers? They always be doing like some action stuff or something's going on. And that person never looks like when they're doing the action thing or whatever. It never looks like them. So you could clearly tell that's not the actor, right? But yeah. Like, could we do one where it's definite, like my dream body, my dream abs, my mm. dream, my <laughs> dream thighs, and we do that, and I want that person to be darker than me, like because that's like my dream to be like chocolatey <laughs> with, the, with the abs, with the thighs and stuff. You know, like I want to be your color with the muscle. That's what I. That's my dream body. <laughs> And they was like, yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And they, and I was sending them pictures of people and they were sending me stuff on people and I was like all excited. And then on the day, they're like, got the girl, but she has COVID. And no. I was like, oh, so you're just going to have me out here with my stomach out. Like, and when I think about it, there's never really been a time that you've seen Tiffany Haddish in the last five years with her belly out. <laughs> That's the truth. This is true, but now like I really don't do that. So <laughs> I was like, "Well, just just 
dig into the comedy. I guess just walk in. <laughs> you know, I was very upset. And then I was like, dang, was they playing with me the whole time? Like acting like they was going to somebody just to humor me? Like, but they really wasn't? Well, I don't know. All I'm going to say is more sit-ups. nobody double was a client. You, you're looking great. You're looking great. Yeah, I know. <laughs> look, look, when I saw it, then I saw it and I was like, uh, Okay, I'm about to get on my. I'm about to get really on my regimen. I done lost 15 pounds since then. Now I walk around with my belly out all day. I don't care. <laughs> there you go. Walk around in a two piece. It don't matter. <laughs> One of my favorite jokes of the entire season is your word as originals gag in that episode. It tickled me greatly, and I have to know what candy. I'm going to use your American vernacular here. Here, here, here we call them sweeties. I'm going to use your, uh, your American vernacular. What candy? Does Tiffany Haddish like and what candy doesn't she like? What's on the list here? Of, of candy or sweet cheese. <laughs> um, okay, so I love Snickers. Okay. You got those there? Yeah. I love, I love, love, love Airheads. Okay. Sour Powers, Sour Patch Kids. Yep, yep. Um, I love Red Vines. Those okay. are like, I, I could eat a whole bag of red vines. Do not play with me with the red vines. <laughs> I'll just eat them, eat them, eat them. Mm. Um, I love fruit by the foot. Um, I don't know if y'all got that there. Do y'all got fruit by the foot there? I don't. It's like so. a fruit roll up. Y'all got fruit roll up. Um, and then what else? I like. I, oh, I love. I love what uh, we call them turtles here. I don't know what y'all call them there, but it's basically pecans, caramel, and chocolate. Okay. Like uh, all together or <laughs> chocolate covered almonds. Mm, okay. <laughs> and what I love, love, love pickles with now laters or Jolly Ranchers in the middle or peppermint in the middle. Wow. I'll do that like usually on my cycle. You know, I'll be, that's like, wow. That's like, that is a combination I did not expect. Pickles. Let me tell you something. You put some pickles <laughs> with some Kool-Aid. Okay. <laughs> I got to try that one out. Yeah, dip it in the powder. It, it, it has to be a dill pickle. Okay. A dill pickle. And you dip it in that Kool-Aid powder. Baby, sweet and salty. Okay. I'm gonna have to try that out and I will get be getting back to you with my report for sure. Yeah, let me know. <laughs> right? I don't know if you don't like sweet and sour. I'm a big fan of sour sweets. I'm a bit, so so this this this, this bodes well. This bodes well. Yeah. Really. This is why your skin looks so amazing. You well, see, because the, the, <laughs> the acidity in the sour is good to keep the sebum down. You know? <laughs> I'm also a scientist. They call me Dr. Hattishan. <laughs> <laughs> so last season, you said you didn't know who the murderer was until two episodes before you shot the finale, and you guessed wrong. Uh, initially. Did you guess right this time, and when did you know for sure? Okay, so here goes the thing. This season, they sent me all the scripts this time. Oh, and I read yeah. them. And they sent them over, like, a course of time, like, spread them out. And I read them yeah. off. And I knew who the killer was by the time I got to work, right? Mm-hmm. But as we started shooting, I started thinking, maybe they changed. <laughs> maybe. And I forgot And I forgot who the murderer was. Mm-hmm. And, and, and also, it was some new people that we're working with. Like, mm-hmm. so, so I wasn't sure... Who was what character, right? Right off the bat, I was a little confused. Like the first two weeks, I was like, "Wait, no, that's kid. No, wait, no, he. No, that's the. No, no, that's. No, wait, no, no, wait, no, wait. Look at that picture. 
you know what? Just roll with it. Just roll with it. <laughs> so by the time we got to shooting the the, the final episode and the killer the killers revealed, I'm like, oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this is very, very good. See, they, they've only given us the first nine episodes. So mm-hmm. I think I've got a good idea, but we shall see. You mentioned the new cast of people, and I know that there was a text chain for season one of the group of art, the party actors. Is there a separate one for season two, or have they been added to season one? Are they completely oh, against each other? What's going on? Definitely one for season two, and <laughs> let me just tell you, it's off the chain. <laughs> What are some of the messages that are being bandied about in that group? I have to know. <laughs> I mean, there's like, there's a lot of stuff going on. Let me, let me just, let me just pull it up. Uh, there's videos galore. They're, basically, they're playing the song, uh, Time of Your Life. I hope you love your Tune. And Paul Walter Hauser, who's the funniest person in the cast, hands down, <laughs> the funniest man ever. Mm-hmm. Is like telling telling John Cho that he doesn't know if he's gonna hold on to much from this series, but he's gonna hold on to the memories, Aww. the memories that they've made. And then John Cho's like Paul Walter Hauser, like Paul Walter. and when they hug, Paul goes, "I'm sorry for farting in your face like that, today, man, but I just do that to the people that I like." <laughs> and that's the kind of t- oh, wow. Like videos from set. Did you get a font in the face? Congratulations. I love you. Keep posting. Oh my God. I can't believe this. Congratulations, everyone. The show is so dope. We're going to get nominated for an Emmy or something. Yay. Like, <laughs> and it is all these videos and pictures of us. Like, and us talking mess. And then we, we, what we really want to do, we were talking about doing, because um, we saw it on the big screen all together in nice. a movie theater for like a premiere. Awesome. And when you see it on the big screen, it makes such a difference because you can right. actually see the clues and little things. Like you see the little things happening in the background. It makes it even funnier yeah. because it's just things that you miss when you watch it the first time. On a, mm. like I remember the first episode, I watched it on my phone, then I put it up on my TV and I was watching it and it was, it was great. Right. But when you see it on a big screen, so what we're trying to do I don't think Apple's going to help us at all. <laughs> but I got a friend that owns a movie theater. So what we've been we've been going back and forth about in our in our group text is I'm going to get my friend to screen it in the movie theater like and we can get our fans to come or we just come or whatever like whoever comes and we can watch it in the theater together cuz you can see more you can just see more like even in my episode where there's all that food going on, there's a huge clue mm. with the food. There's a big old clue in there. Okay. I don't know if people catch it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go back now and rewatch that now that you said but it. But every episode, there are clues as to mm. who did it. Mm. Okay. Like, if you see something, if you see an object there, mm. and if the camera's only for uh, like a <laughs> like maybe two seconds, but you're like, why is it there? <laughs> I'll include it. Noted. Noted. I'll be doing my own detectivizing. Yeah, thing. yeah. I'll include <laughs> everybody, but I'm like, don't do that, Tiffany. Don't do that. <laughs> Final question for you. Um, the After Party Season 3, 
Let's pretend for a second that the casting director goes by the name of Tiffany Haddish. Who is showing up in season three of The Arthur Party? Who are you casting? I'm casting Angela Bassett. Yes, like this. I'm casting, I'm casting Loretta Devine. I'm casting uh, Tom Hanks, uh, Michael B. Jordan, uh, Tom Cruise. (laughs) I'm casting Brad Pitt. I'm casting Denzel Washington. Oh my gosh. I'm casting, (laughs) I'm casting, it's going to be expensive. You know what I'm saying? This cost Street. Is it- like, this is my dream. You know, like they say, shoot for the galaxy. Shoot outside the galaxy. Fall into the galaxy so you can land on the moon. Absolutely. You know, this is a I show that I would watch. For the, like, I would, you know, just amazing people. Will Ferrell, Kevin Hart. I mean, they got to be in there because yeah. it's going to be, it's got to be funny. I probably will get Monique to do something. You know what I'm saying? I get Viola Davis to do like a guest appearance. Yes. It, it would be very interesting. <laughs> they would definitely need to put a cap in your budget somewhere because otherwise this could just... Yeah. This, this yeah, <laughs> look, at this point, it's a stage play because be, <laughs> at this point, <laughs> we would be able to afford all the people. I mean, unless be... we get them all like back-end points or something. <laughs> It would be the best stage play. Tiffany, I feel like we did it. I feel like we did it. This was fun. This is fun. Thank you so much for your time. Congratulations on the show. It's been a pleasure. (laughs) Thank you. My pleasure. That was Tiffany Haddish. It's time for news. I know this because I know the running order of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Throwing shade. Yeah. well, who's, who's got news for me? What news do you have? Shower me with news. Um, okay, so I can't remember if I've said this already, but if not, and apologies if I have, Welcome to Wrexham's finally got a date on for Disney+. Plus. It's 13th September will be the second series, um, which I, for one, am very excited about. Um, and then the other little bit of news I was going to bring you was that World Productions has started filming of The Gathering, which is a new six-part drama and is written by... Um, writer and director Helen Walsh in her first original script for TV. That'll be on Channel 4. Um, and we'll star Eva Morgan, who's a newcomer, uh, Sadie Sovereal, Vinette Robinson, Warren Brown, Richard Coyle. So a good cast. Um, and it's basically all about a sense around a violent attack of a teenage girl during a rave um, set in Merseyside. And it uh, focuses on the group of teens who are all from different backgrounds who all could have committed the crime along with their parents. I'm excited. Did you say that was a world production production? Yeah. Um, because there's other world production production news, which is mm. that um, they're making a drama about Lockerbie. Uh, did you say that for the BBC? That's yeah. been announced. A uh, factual drama based on real events surrounding the 1988 Lockerbie bombing and the joint uh, Scottish-US investigation, um, which to try and bring the perpetrators to justice. Yeah, so that is a big – it's being written by um, novelist Jonathan Lee – and Scottish screenwriter Gillian Roger Park. And uh, yeah, that's very interesting. I'm kind of surprised they haven't done that already because it is, you know, it was a long time ago. But yeah, I mean, every every story eventually gets turned into TV drama, doesn't it? And Lockerbie. It does feel that way, yes. Yeah, yeah, Lockerbie certainly is. But the big news of the week, the really sad news of the week, there's lots is. I know what that, you're going to say. Do you? Yes. But go on, say it. I'm going to it, say it. It involves a delay, doesn't it? Yes. No. Yes. Oh. Right, the writers, it does. The, right, the actor's strike and the writer's strike yep. has really hit home now. 
I mean, I, 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 it's, I, it's hit Boyd where it hurts. It's hit me in his seventy-seven inch TV. It really has because a murder at the end of the world, yeah. the new series from Britt Marling and Zalbat Magnich, which we've been so looking forward to, which is due to air on Disney Plus Hulu in America at the end of August, has been pushed back to November. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's true. It has moved just, to the end of the world. It's moved to the end of the world, and. The, the only good news is, is that Empire Magazine's exclusive interview with Emma Corrin, who's the star of that show, is still going out in the newest show. I think it should be out now, shouldn't it, as we speak? It is out now as we speak. And you are absolutely right. They appear in there in a career-spanning interview, but largely talking about that show, yes. Right. So um, it is a career-spanning interview, yeah. And it was conducted before the strike. And so there's nothing we couldn't we, – we couldn't, Empire couldn't replace it with anything else because it was too late. And the news only broke, I'm sure, while it was, literally while it was being printed, probably. So – we can still. I'm still fascinated to read the interview and to find out more about the show. But we will have to wait till November um, for it. So really, the the strike, the the actor strike has really hit home now. They've got to sort this fucking thing out. Why aren't the producers and the studios? What are they doing? They're just ignoring it. It, oh, it makes me so angry. Anyway, yeah, that's happening. Yes, I agree. It does seem that negotiations aren't even taking place at the moment. No, but, they're not. Um, and the other thing that's been delayed is the Emmys. Which, yes. frankly, was always yes. going to happen. But the Emmys were obviously set for the 18th of September, and they are no longer going to be airing. They have been pushed back. Uh, I don't know until when, quite frankly. I don't think they know till when. Um, but yeah, Emmys will not be taking place. Frankly, because it would just be me and Boyd there at this point. <laughs> so <laughs> this would be our only chance to get to the Emmys, Boyd, because no one else would be available. Yeah. They'd have to invite us. Wait, Kay wait, wait. Would there be refuse- no invite for me? No, because you'd be too cool to go. You'd absolutely refuse it. You'd be like, I'm not going to that. I'm not Listen, doing it. Listen, if anyone's Pottery listening, I'm, on. I'm not coming. <laughs> I'm never too cool for the Emmys. <laughs> I'm would coming you, with you, you guys. Would you have a glorious gown? Oh, I've already got a little number in mind. I'm ready for it. I'm Emmys ready at all times. Very that, good. That is Very good, good to know. What else has been happening in the world of news? Suspicion, Apple Suspicion, has yes. suspiciously been cancelled. Uh, after one season, so that will not be returning. It's rare for Apple to swing mm. the cancellation axe, but in this case, I have to be honest, it was well swung. I yeah. enjoyed Suspicion enormously for the first two thirds, and I thought it went horribly off a cliff uh, towards the end of that first season. And by the end, it was just like, what is this? It wasn't um, one of their better um, kind of like mad crime thrillery type shows, which there was a load of really good ones. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't one of the. It was all over yeah. the place, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. No, really. I'm not. I'm not coming at Apple for that. What I am coming at them for is it is now frankly august and we still haven't had one season of slow horses let alone the two seasons right. that we got last year so yes. what's happened i mean i know it's called slow horses but there is a point where i'd like this horses to move just a tad faster mm. because I, I i need my hit i need my hit of of, of slow horses of slough house yeah you're right whereas that invasion that's coming soon isn't it season two of yeah that, that is show. coming back soon In- yeah. invasion which is a show that arguably didn't need a second no season. i know but yeah. yes Exactly. Yes. Yeah, it really didn't need a second season, I have to say. Kay, did you see all the Romesh news? No. No, yeah. I mean, um, What's that? Uh, our favourite, one of our favourites, Romesh Raganathan of the Wolf and Our podcast, and general all-round brilliant comedian and presenter. He's got, the BBC has ordered more of his shows. So both the misadventures of Romesh Raganathan and the misinvestigations of Romesh Raganathan will return um, for new episodes. In the misadventure series, he's going to go on a single epic adventure through Central Africa, basically, oh, wow. across three episodes. And then the two episodes of his um, misinvestigations it will involve the death of Tupac Shakur and yep. Nancy Spungen, who was girlfriend of Sid Vicious of the Sex Pistols, which are both oh, wow. very interesting, very interesting stories. So there you go. 
top Romesh news. Uh, Jonathan Frakes has been talking about Star Trek Legacy. There are no confirmed details of whether that will happen or not, but he thinks it's possible. He is hopeful. He wants it to happen. He does, however, in this interview that he did, also state that uh, the final season of Picard was arguably among the best seasons of any Star Trek. It's like, right, calm down. <laughs> it started very, very well. I, I am one of the few people I think, I, few, maybe not few, I think a lot of people do disagree with me. I do think it went off the boil towards the end. I, I was a little disillusioned by it, but it started incredibly well. Uh, so I'd still like to see Star Trek Legacy. I'd like to see what they could do with it, if it happens. You were, you were we disillusioned by it. That's quite I heavy. I was disillusioned. Yeah, yes. not just disappointed, disillusioned. Well, because I get, I mean, I reviewed that season based on the first <laughs> oh, half, yeah. gave it four stars, thought it okay. was fantastic. I thought it was a return to form. I thought Picard had finally found its groove. And then I found the storytelling in the second half disappointed me, uh, just because it went to places that I thought were maybe a little bit obvious and didn't, you know, it didn't do anything new, which is what I really hope for. But You look, felt let I, down. I felt let down. They let me down. However, however, I did still enjoy the season as a whole. And like I say, the first half was spectacular. Um, but yeah, I, we'll wait and see. I, you know, I'm, I'm positive for Star Trek Legacy if it ever comes. Uh, did either of you watch the Loki Season 2 trailer? Yes, I was about to say. Yes, I did, yeah. Uh, funnily enough, Kay, it didn't find time um, <laughs> to get back on the Loki wagon. Um, but I thought it, was, it looked really good. I thought it looked... Doesn't it? Yeah. I feel like coming off the back of Secret Invasion, mm. which was, let's be honest, a disaster. Uh, I mean, it was. Like, and look, we like, and we should fess up to this because we gave it a very positive review, having watched the first two episodes. And I think you and I went into this thinking, oh, you know, this is, this is this an, uh, like a paranoia-based conspiracy thriller. It's an espionage thriller. It's all that really good stuff. It feels very le carré. And I think we thought it would have layers. It would have complexity. It would have sophistication. It would be like Marvel's Andor. Like it, it, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it had those elements in the first two, but it had the potential to maybe find those elements. And Empire, you know, our reviewer gave it four stars. I'm not sure I would have done that either way, but but based on those first two episodes, I think the problem with it was is the remaining four episodes indicated that none of that sophistication exists. There was no coherent storyline. It was a mishmash of ideas that didn't gel together and a very limited budget. And it had many, many, many problems. I think I'll, by the end of it was the worst thing Marvel really, or the MCU has produced. Um, so the even worst. though we said it was great, we were, oh yeah, without a doubt, oh, worse okay. than any of the other films, worse than any of the oh, other shows. God, like wow. it is the nadir of the MCU. <gasps> oh, I need to, uh, I need to catch up. I, I've, yeah. only, I've got like, how many episodes are there? There are six. It's worse to... than the Book of Boba Fett. Let me put it that way. Oh my God. So, I really need to watch this. Got, I'm, I need to see how, quite how bad it is. Yeah, it's not good. It's it's not good. It's very incoherent and and yeah, has many, many problems. Uh, if you want to subscribe to the Empire Spoiler Special feed, you can hear me, Chris, and Amon and a variety of other people wringing our hands over it on there. <laughs> it's maybe not the most uplifting uh, uh, listen, but there you go. <laughs> um, I have one question about the Loki uh, trailer yes, and series. Which looks though. fabulous, I should it say. Looks a return brilliant. to form. form yeah. James, James, are you low-key obsessed with the trailer? That's very good. Oh, yes, I am. You. I'm high-key obsessed high key. with the trailer. Yeah. yeah. Okay, fine. But so... Jonathan Majors is glimpsed yes. in it, Indeed. albeit briefly, and I feel like that's yes. a deliberate choice, right? Because I feel it's kind of an inevitable choice given right. that he's the antagonist of the series. But yeah, so he's obviously in it, but they are trying yeah. to have to minimize. It's quite a weird situation, isn't it? They're going to have to kind of like minimize him somehow. I mean, we talked about this. Like, would they? Like, so, so their options are: leave it as it is recast him which you could do because he's a trans dimensional or trans timeline being that you could theoretically have another variant of in um or 
you know, do you do a, and I hope this is the option they don't go for, do you go full Secret Invasion and just re-edit the shit out of it and try and retool it based on the footage you've got? Which historically, especially looking at Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and as we said, Secret Invasion does not end well for them. It feels like, in the marketing material at least, they are, are, are sort of dialing away from Kang's presence, but I suspect he will have a presence in the show. What they do going forward with, you know, the Kang Dynasty and stuff on the big screen, I mean, who knows? But uh, yeah, it's 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 a pickle they're in. They're in it a pickle. It is a real there. pickle. Yeah, yeah, yes. it's a real pickle. I thought I read one account of one article about the trailer when it came out, and it just it just didn't mention his name. I thought that was just like well, that's one way of dealing with it. I mean, yeah. it went on every single other element of the trailer, just ignoring the fact that there was a big Jonathan Majors bit in in, in it. I was like, well, he does exist. He is in the show. It is in many ways a Majors problem. Yes, it is very very good. Anyway, do we have any other news before we move on to the reviews? Well, there was the really tragic news, yeah, we should say, about about Angus Cloud from Euphoria di- dying. Yeah, so young, um, obviously. Um, he was, as, I mean, this is not, everyone said it, basically. He was like the soulful presence in that show. He was a, such a kind of, almost like, without any, even doing anything, um, his interrelationship with Zendaya's character in that show was one of the best things about it. And he was one of the best things about the show. So it's just really, really, really awful. Yeah, they did, they, they, they died so young. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah, Angus Cloud from Euphoria. That is uh that was a a real tragedy. Um okay. Well, I think that is the end of news. Let's move on to the review section. And this week, first up, we have the return of Cruel Summer, which landed across the pond a couple of months ago. Uh and this walks the perilously thin line between anthology show and limited series that did unexpectedly well and thus got renewed for a second season. Uh, this one, in fact, does return with uh, another story of teens gone awry. This continues the format, which they used in the first season, of three intertwining timelines, crucially differentiated by camera filters, preposterous <laughs> hairstyles, and the oh time-honoured symbol for someone having started uni, goth eyeshadow and an eyebrow piercing. Now, Kay... Okay, and what yeah. we should do is you should you should we should do a review of this with you like this, and then we should cut to like mm. a blue filter on the lens. <laughs> yeah, and your hair oh is like God. moosed back, and you've got James. loads of eyeshadow on, and that's K from the future. Um, I'm so happy you said this because I thought <laughs> because I was watching my laptop, I thought, oh my God, am I watching an unfinished copy of this? Is that so the why the is awful? <laughs> yeah, it was just so grey and like yeah. yeah, and then she has anyway. Well. But the question so this, I'm going to ask you, Kate, I've got to ask yeah, you a question on. first. The go question on, go I'm going to ask you is, is Cruel Summer as thrill-packed and, dare I say it, catchy, as the Taylor Swift song of the same name? Oh, God. Oh, of course. Oh, God, all roads always lead back to Taylor. Um, I will say no for your per- for your benefit. I'll say no. But no, um, I, haven't, I haven't watched uh, Series 1, so I was new to this. But anyone, what I like about this is you can just drop into it because as uh, James alluded to it is an anthology series they're now for season two they are still they still have these three timelines um and they but it's all around um the millennium and it basically charts the friendship between Megan she lives in this small little town she's quite swatty she's very like She's a good student who's trying to get into a university um, and wants to do well for herself and also for her mum who's struggling financially. And then there's Isabella, who's an out-of-towner who, um, for some reason, comes to stay with Megan and her family for a year. Uh, She's a diplomat's daughter, has been used to travelling around, and she's really looking forward to spending time in um, one place. And at first, they don't get on. In one of the timelines, we see that, you know, Megan's quite sort of like... 
understandably, I think, like, what the hell is she doing here? Um, and isn't keen to be friends. But the other person in this this kind of like triangle is Megan's best friend, Luke, who actually she then, as we see, does form a relationship with. Um, and we sort of see how this whole love triangle blossoms and the, there's a mystery attached to it, um, which impacts all of their lives. Um, so yeah, I, <laughs> I, do you know what I have to say? Overall, I did enjoy this. First of all, it's got a great soundtrack of 90s nostalgic hits and I will never not want to hear Ricky Martin's She Bangs, just for the record. <laughs> um, and the the appearance of a floppy disc also made me weirdly nostalgic. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed this and I thought it was like a like a perfectly decent teen drama. And the fact that I didn't have to have watched season one was a bonus. But as James says, there are some, there's obvious signposting throughout for certain things, for certain strands of the storylines. But the way that they've like depicted these three different timelines um, with, for example, the main character, Megan, suddenly she um, goes all emo as she's about to, as the, <laughs> after the mystery, something happens. And then suddenly it's all the dark eyeshadow and eyeliner, hair slicked back at first. I had to rewind it because I th- I didn't know who it was because I was like is, is which one is that who is that but yeah um it's 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 decent I'd say not a must watch but decent I like the first season uh quite a lot it, it kind of because you know I often go to complain about how di- timelines different timelines are overused and you know everything's flashback flash forward in the world of uh, peak premium elite TV um. But I thought it was quite clever that the first series, they made the whole premise almost was, you know, we're going to tell this story in play out in three different times timelines. And the whole point of it is to show that how, how and why these characters change across those time periods and to keep you guessing as to what the hell's going on, really, in terms of the central mysteries of that show. And I thought it was quite effective. It, I found it quite weird in a way that the... In this anthology, you know, like anthologies are based on connective tissue of some kind, right? So, you know, in the case of, I don't know, American Horror Story, it's a different, completely different horror, sto- horror, horror story in setting each series, but they kind of they go back to some characters and bring them back. I don't. There's a kind of connective tissue in them. Inside Number Nine is literally the tone of it is the thing that kind of ins- keeps inside Number Nine. After um, party. After party. You know, yeah, it's, it's like a, it, the format, keeping the format of a different episode of a whodunit. With a different episode, a different a different genre for each of the each of the characters. This one, the connective tissue seems to be we're going to have three timelines, right? <laughs> yeah. So this is our thing, and so <laughs> it's quite funny. It's kind of I found it quite inadvertently amusing the way they've kind of like imposed the three the three timeline structure on this show, and that's the but thing. Also, they spell it out at the beginning. They oh, actually cool, type it out. Oh, they typed like, it out and they have to because it's... Oh, did other, they? Oh, right. yeah. They have to because otherwise it's fucking Otherwise you'd confusing. be like, these wardrobe yeah. changes are yeah. baffling. Right. <laughs> Who's this guy? But they also do like... sign. They'd say they, they flag up the year as well. So you would... Oh, yeah. completely. Yeah. 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 But again, they have to otherwise... But, but to be fair, it's like the way they do it, it's like it starts and it's like, you know, like it's, it's 1999. And then it's like, I think it's like, is it like... Then it's 2000, then it's later yes. in 2000. Yes. But they, yes, they do summer. those in very quick succession early on just to establish yeah. the styles for each right. period. Yeah. And then from then on, you're on your fucking own. Yeah. And the other <laughs> thing, you have to pick it up. The other thing is, so they did that in the original as well, the, the, desat- the, visual, the different visuals, right? Yeah. And But from memory, I haven't rewatched it or anything, but my memory of the first season is that it somehow made sense, the creative decision of how yes. each timeline would look. For me, yes. in this version, the really desaturated, like, grey bit 
it, it doesn't make that much sense that it's suddenly imposed on the story, apart from the fact that she's now a bit gothic, you know, and so she's kind of like wearing black a lot rather than... But apart from that, it's like, why? Why does it look like that? It doesn't make any... It doesn't particularly make much sense. Um, so... I found the whole exercise a bit inadvertently amusing. I did. I was interested, and and it, with all these things, it's like in the end. By the way, oh yeah, I know. What I wanted to say that the whole the the time the announcement of the dates and all of that. There's this real trend at the moment. Have you noticed in TV drama of having huge big fonts and um, announcing things like the date or setting? It's really common, and there's like I think it does it in Wolf. I think it goes like you know. London. And then it'll have like massive letters. Like it's just a thing they're all doing basically to make it look a bit kind of cool and trendy. Anyway, by the by, this show I was thinking, I, I actually thought it was notably worse than the first season, just in terms of the acting, the characters, the way it was shot. It all felt a bit stilted. You know, I just didn't buy it. It all felt a bit like kind of like then towards the end, the kind of climactic thing happens that ties the characters together, the central three characters together. Um, and I thought, oh, okay, that's quite a good scene. You know, that was a good scene. There was a scene that kind of like, you know, a kind of shocking revelation scene. And I thought, oh, that's that's interesting. And, you know, if I'm going to carry on watching it, it'll be because of that. But I'm not sure if I will still. I'm not sure if I've got time for this one. I don't know. Ten episodes? Quite a lot oh, for this oh, story. Oh, hell no. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Under no James circumstances. James has decided. No, absolutely not. It's not that not. terrible. It's no, not it's, terrible. Not, it's not that it's not that terrible. It's just it's just the most meh thing. Because like this, this and I alluded to this in the introduction, this has the... This, okay, so let's be honest. This was never announced as a limited series, but it was massively successful for Freeform and it felt like a limited series. So sure, you could say, oh, they always imagined it as an anthology. And maybe that's true. Or maybe, I don't know, <laughs> they had a standalone thing that was really successful. They were like, guys, guys, this is the most successful thing Freeform's ever done. Show me the money. Let's do another season. It's fine. We can crowbar another mystery in. But as exactly what Boyd said, like the first season made absolute sense because it was a really twisted story of a girl who had had a kind of like an obsession with another girl. That other girl gets kidnapped and held in like a dungeon in this guy's house for months. The girl who had a thing for her realizes where she's being held, doesn't tell anyone. It's really fucking what? dark. Leaves her in this dungeon and essentially takes over her life, like becomes what? the queen bee at school. Then the twist is the girl escapes the dungeon and tells everyone that this girl left her there. It's really, oh, really twisted. Good. And so you totally get that after going through all that, the, the girl who's been accused rightly of doing this thing goes through a, shall we say, makeover phase and it goes a bit off the rails. So it makes sense, you know, tonally. In this one it's like oh she's gone to uni of course she's gone full emo because that's what happens oh and she's turned into a hacker as well selling what seems to be oh, some yeah. kind of act government secrets to shady teenagers mm, in abandoned yeah. houses and you're just yeah. like and then there's no. a whole sort of like three sort of like love triangle sort of three-way thing between the girl that's staying with her and her best friend who's a dude who clearly has a thing for her and there's like they set up a let's let's not call it a twist because let's say they set up a surprise at the end of the first episode and I swear to God you know you don't need a seventy seven inch TV to see this surprise <laughs> coming because it's <laughs> blindingly obvious and I just thought this lacks the sophistication the stylistic mm. stuff doesn't really work the story isn't really interesting or engaging as that is case said it's not a bad show like it's fine it's okay it's fine and if it come out of nowhere you'd be like yeah this is fun life's too fucking short but this is fun uh, but you know <laughs> relating to the first one which actually was a really good season of television it's mad that it's kind of like I, I just i just think there isn't enough here i think they haven't 
<laughs> uh, to quote Jeff Goldblum, so they spent so much time thinking about whether they could, they didn't stop to think about whether they should. And the answer is, <laughs> they should not. <laughs> That I is what really I have to think say. about it. <laughs> yeah, I broadly agree. I, I think I, I went, I went soft on it. I went light. I went too light on it. Yeah, it is, it is pretty shit. It has to be said. It was a very cruel, cruel summer for me. Yeah, watching yeah. this. Yeah, Sorry. I still don't think it's horrendous, but yeah, it's not. It's, it's everything that James said. Anyway, that's on Prime Video. When is it? <laughs> Friday. <laughs> Friday. Friday. Yeah. Film always watch Friday. It, or just watch season one again. You know, whichever. I think the thing. I think the reason why I'm not going as hard on it is because I think we've watched worse. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you see season one? You didn't see season one, did you? No, no, no. Yeah. So I've got nothing yeah. to it If you see season one, it's a big step down. It's a big... Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. But as we talk about a lot of the time, a lot of the shows that we kind of dismiss are not because they're bad shows. And I think we tell people when they're bad shows. It's because in this era of peak TV and elite sci-fi, there's so much fantastic television that okay doesn't really cut it. And I think so mm. unless an okay show has a particular element that really resonates with you, I just think, Life's too short. Go and watch Foundation. What are you doing? Uh, anyway, anyway. Never watch Foundation. Never watch other, Foundation. Other shows okay. are available. Other, other shows yeah, are available. Yeah, yeah. Though I swear to God, Boydie, when you get your new, I'm assuming, OLED 77-inch yes. LG yes. TV, yes. Foundation will look fucking oh my God, unbelievable on that screen. All you owe it to yourself. All those Apple shows are going to look amazing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Right. Let's move on to the next show. It's Only Murders in the Building. Now, podcast rule, as we all know. And if you want a murder solved... They're the place to go. Not so much this one as Only Murders in the Building, the title podcast of the Disney Plus show of the same name, which is Martin Short, Steve Martin, and Selena Gomez unraveling crimes in a weekly episodic audio format. Uh, the show obviously returns to season three this week. And while Boyd has already waxed lyrical about this show at least twice on this podcast, in fact, this season, breaking at least four separate embargoes, I'm pretty sure, uh, we obviously want more of the same. So Only Murders in the Boydie, go. Thank you. Yes, apologies for repeating myself um, because I watched loads of episodes of this as soon as they arrived uh, a couple of weeks ago on our uh, uh, on our uh, preview system, um, and it is I. This is one of my favourite shows of recent years. Um, I just I just love it. I mean, when this was announced, this is the con. I'm just bringing it into context for, for people like Steve Martin and Martin Short. I think are two of the funniest people in the world and have been since the heyday of their 80s slash 90s films that they were in a lot. You know, there have been loads of films together, loads of films separately. Um, there was a period where Steve Martin being in a Hollywood comedy was a sign of, you know, of quality. I mean, he, he went off the rails of it towards the end of his of that period, but they, he did a lot of brilliant films. Who can forget Martin Short as Frank, the wedding planner in Father <laughs> of the Bride? Fabwas, uh, Fabwas, Yes. <laughs> Bouncing off him, uh, the two of them together in that show. So I just love those two, and and they do tours together. They've become a kind of like a bit of a double act, a bit like Michael Sheen and David Tennant in a way. Uh, and they do so. It's, I love them. I cannot get enough of them. I think they're amazing. And then you throw in Selena Gomez, who's obviously a superstar um, and a brilliant bit of casting. As the, so, they've got these two old codgers. Is is so? What, what I was saying is, when it was announced, I was like, I could not be happy. I could not be more excited for this show. And then the show comes along. It's also basically a who done it, a spoof, jokey. And you actually really brilliantly put together who done it, in which the mysteries are really intricately woven together and really keep you on your toes. And I love the who done it genre as well. So I just could the whole concept is like made for me this show, and it delivers like right from the start. It's just got a, such a lovely freewheeling, quite wacky, and yet in a way 
just just this side of broad that you still maintain it could happen you know and and then i've got the kind of the way it taps in you've got this in, this brilliant friendship between these two old codgers who are constantly bickering with each other in a very funny way and selena gomez in the middle of it kind of grappling with them both in a completely you know fr- just in, in, in as friends you've got the new york the lavish new york apartment block setting which is fantastic. Oh my God. Obsessed oh, with that. Want to yeah. live there. Of course. Everyone wants to live there. Except for I don't want to be murdered. No, no, no. Ox. You don't want to be murdered. And then you've got the fact that they form this kind of detective trio, which is lovely, these kind of amateur sleuths. And, but, and also, they make a podcast about it. And the podcast element just adds another layer of kind of like meta, self-aware, lots of jokes in this third one about how we're going to work out, can we possibly do another third series? There's lots of jokes about that, but not pushing it too far, just enough to show that how aware they are of the kind of, you know, the fact that this is the third season of the show and it's the third season of their podcast. It's the third major death in their world, if you like. And so I just love it. And then in this series, you've got, not only have you got Paul Rudd as the new victim, not a spoiler, that was right at the end of the, each season, by the way, ends up setting up the next season. So we saw that happen. Paul Rudd is playing a really irritating egomania actor who gets cast in a production directed by Martin Short's character. Martin Short's character who's been a, was a Broadway director who's been down, he's like, he hasn't had a, he hasn't had a production for two decades because he fucked the last one up. Now he gets his big chance to create a big Broadway production and um this irritating twat played by paul rudd is the star of it and his is the death that we see right at the beginning of the series and what we saw right at the end of the last series not only have you got paul rudd who's brilliant and everything and he's fantastic as this egomaniac figure who we see mostly in flashback you also got meryl fucking streep playing <laughs> in what is a genius bit of ironic casting a, a down on her luck failed actress who has been desperately trying to get a part in anything for decades and never has until this point until martin Shaw sees something in her at her audition and casts her in his ludicrous play um, at, on stage. I love, I, I think this is funnier. I really like the first two series. Um, I think so far, I've watched like four or five episodes. It's, I think it's the funniest season so far because there's something about that milieu of Broadway and theatre people. And Martin Short is so imbued in that anyway. And he's, he is funnier than he ever has been. In, in this series, I mean, in this show, and so I think it draws out the best in him because he's so brilliant about all the all the machinations of Broadway, and you know, mm. will the show go on? All of that, all of the actor <laughs> characters are hilarious. I love all the actors. There's like, oh, they're all brilliant as well. I love the cast of the of the spoof show and the backstage people, the resentments of the backstage people. I've seen a little bit of that. I, I'm aware a little bit of that whole theatrical world, having spoken to lots of people, people who've been on Broadway and been in the West End. I find it very funny anyway. There's something intrinsically funny about that world. And this show absolutely trades on that brilliantly. I love it. I can't get enough of it. I don't have the history with the show, but I absolutely did love, like, I've only seen two, three episodes of the, the third season, but I, I did, um, yeah, I disagree with, what boy said i didn't know i didn't realize that each the end of each season then ends with the the murder of the next one which is quite an undertaking isn't it from the yeah, writer's yeah. point of view because they have to establish what the next story is going to be and then also like you know get the the available actor that they want they have to make sure that they're i mean that is sorry i don't know why i'm so caught up by that but that's like a yeah that's quite a feat um yeah i just i really enjoy this and i just think it's so well observed and the fact that they've got Meryl Streep and Paul Rudd in it but Paul Rudd I mean Meryl Streep obviously I mean insanely like insane casting and brilliant in this as you say having suffered 
multiple rejections. And then when she does, she auditions for Martin Short's character. And it is just absolutely electrifying. Um, and then it's funny to see them when they do their, their table read. But I just think Paul Rudd, I mean, he's brilliant in everything. But the fact that he's playing this, I mean, overindulged, pampered actor who believes his hype. He's just so good in this role. Um, and yeah, I just, this is genius. I don't, I don't see why you wouldn't watch this. And as I said, I've gone back to the beginning now, even though it's not necessary. But um, tell me, with the second season, did it ever, uh, James, have you seen the second season? I watched the well? beginning of the second season. Obviously, you know, it's got that, you know, like with Midsummer, all the murders happen in Midsummer, and it's mm. a bit like, oh, okay. Mm. Is I mean, is it a stretch with the second season? I mean, of like- course, to some extent it is, but the, the it's all about the brilliance of the writing is that it, it doesn't matter. I mean, it is, it, it right, is but, okay. it, but, it, but they make, somehow they make it not matter, yeah. And also the title sequence. Oh, beautiful, yeah, which is new. They're, they're, <laughs> they're slightly different this season, by the way, yeah. It'd be fantastic. New Yorker-style illustration, yeah. Mm. James, yeah, I sense you're not quite as enthusiastic as we are. <gasps> no, I, I mean, still it is don't like it. I'm no. so sorry. Really? I still don't why? like it. I tried to like it. I tried to like the first season. I didn't quite make it. I tried to like the second season. I couldn't do it. And I've tried again for the third time. Third time was not the charm. I still don't like it. I'm why? so sorry. I have failed you both. It, I think Broad actually hit on it. It's the comedy is just the right side of Broad. And I get that, but it's a little too broad for my tastes. Because for me, and I, re- I read a review of this, and they described it as silly rather than funny. And I was like, that actually for me is exactly what I, what I get from it. It feels to me silly rather than funny. And I don't have a lot of patience for that particular tone. I do think it's very, very clever. And I, the, the table read you speak about was a fantastic scene. A lot of cringe in this episode as well, which obviously I struggle with a little bit. But I thought Meryl Streep was fantastic, and the accent work was just was mm. like, that was a marvellous, <laughs> marvellous scene. Um, and I think we'll get into this a little bit more in Pilot Plus because I think we're going to be doing a bit of spoiler chat for Only Murders in the Building Season 3. Um, but I just, yeah, I, the, the other thing is, and listeners to the Empire Podcast will know this, I'm not a Steve Martin fan. Oh. Like, I, I, I never what? have been. Like, I don't know what it is, but something what? about him just doesn't yeah. work for me. So... And he is arguably the most Steve Martin in this particular show. So I, I again, I, I, I just can't get on with it. So you've got it. It's silly. It's a bit broad. It's very Steve Martin. Meryl Streep was fabulous. Uh, Selena Gomez is really good in this as well because she's a more restrained character mm. than the other two. So I get on with her a lot better. But I just, yeah, I, 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 I struggle with it. I'm sorry. This is <laughs> going to make our spoiler. Yeah, test yeah exactly. We're going to. Yeah. Basically, we're going to have to see if James will like it more and more as we go along. Mm. Oh, God. If, if we can wear him down. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'd l- I mean, if it was half an hour, I'd be a lot happier. <laughs> oh, isn't it half an hour? It is half an hour. No, it? it's not half an hour. Isn't it? What's it, 45 no. minutes? It's not an hour, yes. is it? Oh, okay. No, it's not a full hour. It's, it's right. like a, a three quarters of an hour. I think some episodes here. will be shorter, I think, from now on. I think. Oh, yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Um, we, can, we can find a different spoiler show. It's fine. <laughs> no, no, you guys can talk about this. Uh, no, no. And I'll jump in and out and ask questions like, why isn't this better? Uh, and it'll be fun. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. A show with Meryl Streep, Paul Rudd, Steve Martin. Yeah. And that's what, what you say. That's insane. This is one of these, am I the asshole? I think I might be the asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. But only Murders in the Building then, which comes back to Disney Plus on which day, Boydie? Wednesday. Wednesday. On the Wednesday. Right. Finally this week, we have season two, 
of Attica, uh, which turns to alibi and plants serialized crime procedural royalty, Nicola Walker, back in the most lavish Seaview office building in British law enforcement history uh, as she returns to the fourth wall-breaking detective, Attica, stranded uh, people. <laughs> <laughs> Kate doesn't understand why I'm doing that. Anyone who listens to the Empire Spoiler Specials very much will do. Uh, but who, she ended the last series wait for it in the boot of a saab so so having having emerged from the boot of said saab nicola walker returns uh it stars nicola walker it's written by nick walker no relation please tell us about it k ribera yes so um as you said nicola plays annika strandhead annika. can you say uh, yes <laughs> why are you doing that it's, it's like you're malfunctioning which is kind of anyway but like <laughs> is it too long a story okay it's, yeah, let, let's gloss over it <laughs> it's an in joke okay fine anyway she is the enigmatic boss of the marine homicide unit and basically she's constantly juggling solving crimes with being a single parent um she's also incidentally very passionate i'd say borderline obsessed with norwegian mythology and folklore we learn a lot about that and um and so as james said at the end of the last season she um was almost killed um in a in the boot of a car which exploded and this series picks up um at the end of that first series. So uh, it's a continuation. She's coming to terms with the fact that she almost died. She's concerned about the fact that her daughter would have been left without, um, well, anyone to look after her. And um, she also has a new murder to deal with in that the team, a, a phone has been given into the police station with footage of a really brutal drowning of um, a man in the sea. And so they have to investigate. Um, what I love about this, so she, and throughout this first episode particularly, but going through, she's really distracted by this. She's at the end of that first season, there was a big bombshell about her personal life that came to light. Um, and that's sort of at the core of this, as well as the murder, which I find actually hasn't compelling as the, even more actually compelling than the murder, I'd say, where she has to kind of navigate how to deal with this uh, secret which affects her daughter and um, we learn more about that. When I first watched this first series, I actually struggled a little bit with this because as you say, she breaks the fourth wall and it's not my thing. Although Boy pointed out I like flea bags, so what the hell am I talking about? <laughs> and then I realised, yes, you're right. And also who wouldn't want to be addressed personally by Nicola Walker? Um, so I, I've, I eventually came around to it and, and actually I really like it because Annika's a very unique, slightly odd. She's just very unique. She's like a bit odd, a bit, it's very fitting with her character that she would, you know, address us personally um, about her thoughts on the case. And um, like I said, about this folklore, which she brilliantly is able to um, always connect with the case she's um, investigating or her, or her personal dramas. And so I just think she's this quirky lead that I find quite mesmerizing and, yeah, as I say, her personal dilemma for me is even more interesting, actually, than the case itself. So it's one of those shows you can just have on in the background and it's quite comforting. <laughs> I'm sure they'll love that. <laughs> I'm sure the creators of this. You know, no, these... no, no, no. As in like, as in, it's no, not in the, I don't mean it like, oh, you'll just be doing a million other things. As in, it's just a comforting watch. Like it's, it's and it isn't, it isn't super, super taxing in terms of the murder, right? It's not super complex. So it's just, it's an enjoyable watch. You don't have to. Mm. Uh, yeah. I mean, you have to pay some attention to what's going on in this. But I know of course what you mean. No, you no, do. no. I'm... Here's what I agree with you. I agree with you. No, no, no. I'd love to get. Don't get me wrong. Well, but, but I think it's quite funny. That, the idea. Yeah, I know. Is... I don't mean. I don't uh, mean background. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. I just so you can have like that, a yeah. crime mystery, and it's all in the background. You don't really have to pay any attention to it. But anyway, no, you do. I know. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm don't try and come between me and Nick or Nicola Walker. <laughs> I won't. 
It's interesting. It's, originally, it was a Radio Four drama, wasn't it? Um, yeah, network. It's fascinating, it, and, it, and it became this this thing. I actually think I'm sure I said this when we reviewed the first series. I actually think the best thing about the show is the is the breaking of the fourth wall. Is is Nicola Walker's monologues because um, it's her, it's all, her character is so is great. Like she is obviously she's brilliant in everything, but she's funny. She's kind of like constant. There's like a wry tone to her. Everything that she says. And her asides to us are what makes the show what it is. Really, it would be it would be a fa- it would be a fairly backgroundy, you know, routine a fairly routine show. Let's face it. I think without her, and in fact, where I agree with you is I wasn't that invested in this mystery. You know, um, I mean, you know, it's fairly interesting that there's a video of 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 of, it, of the of the crime left. You know, that's quite a good idea. But once it gets into the into the kind of investigation and you know the 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 machinations of who they're arresting and who they're i didn't it's not it is not great it's it's fine it's fine um but every time she comes in and addresses us or there's a scene where she gets vertigo or she's clambering around this um thing where she's narrating why she's got vertigo to this kind of incredulous young woman who's watching her going what the fuck is going on why don't you just stand up and walk over to me um because it's not that high a place anyway um that kind of seems really funny and she's so good that that it's just all about her so it's a it's it's a very it's kind of a very entertaining show in the end, but mainly and the writing of her to to give Nick Walker credit, I think the writing of her stuff is brilliant as well. She's just she's just a great character that you want to hang around, hang out with, and see more of. Um, and I think her interactions with the daughter are really interesting, and you know the other characters are fine as well. You know, fine, slightly. Un- it's interesting to see Quelly Roach as the supporting cop in this show, uh, when of course he's the main lead cop in Wolf. And he must have thought. I, I, I really wanted to. I'd love to ask him. Like, so he's already must have filmed this already. Like, at least the first season of Annika, and then he gets offered this leading role in another crime drama, a complete, a, a much more demented crime drama because Wolf is absolutely bonkers, as we mentioned last week, and he's the lead role in it. So it's quite funny that he's playing two detectives in two very different dramas on at the same time. There you go, James. Yeah, no, I'm 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 completely with you. I think this it's a character piece, isn't it? Like the otherwise, it's it's a fairly basic procedural elevated by superlative character work and i think nicola walker there's a particular scene in here where she does a fourth wall address outside a pub and it's a master class in the subtlety of acting just the way she does it the way someone walks behind her she glances back kind of brushes her hair like it's so perfectly rendered and that character is fascinating the relationship she has with her daughter morgan all of that is far more interesting than the kind of case stuff all the procedural stuff um but the, i you know all that fourth wall stuff kind of makes sense i think we talked about this when we reviewed season one like this is based on a radio drama so you've got that sort of like that vocal texture and that sort of vocal quality her the intimacy of her addressing the audience because it comes from a radio background and i think to translate that in the way they have to a tv show is so bold and they've done it so well that i'm like it's i have huge respect for this which like because you take a radio drama it doesn't necessarily certainly with the plots that it's got lend itself to a tv show and yet they've they've absolutely nailed it so i think in terms of the way they've done it and definitely the casting uh they've excelled so yeah it's it's loads of fun spending time with nicola walker is a delight at you know at any time and especially so here i would say so boydie when does annika air Annika is on Alibi, which is part of the UK TV network of channels. Of course it is. On Wednesday. Are you, are you a spokesman, Boyd? Are no, you, no, I'm I, just so saying. You're an official spokesman. <laughs> I'm just saying because someone sent me a preview of the show and just said UK TV. Um, and, uh, oh, and oh, yeah, oh, yeah. God. Oh, James, yeah. James, let me, like, 
let me lift the curtain here. He's having a dig at me. I, I delivered some previews yesterday and he's, he's having a little uh, yeah. informal dig. Yeah, mm-hmm. anyway, it said, Annika's on UK TV. Well, it's on Alibi on UK TV <laughs> on Wednesday <laughs> on Wednesday at nine o'clock. There you go. Oh, I love the pass ag. This is great. Oh, it's just ag. It's no pass. <laughs> this is what I have to deal with all the yeah. time. It's painful. Oh. It's painful, mm. to be fair. It well, certainly is. What is our pick of the week? And what else is out, first of all? Because we're doing... What are we doing on Pilot Plus this week? Remind me. Oh, yeah. I don't know, actually. That's very No, we're precious. doing the, the thing with Matthew Broderick. The thing. Oh, yes. You're right. The, the, there is um, uh, uh, Netflix. Yes. I've got their version of the opioid um, story starring Matthew Broderick, if I could remember what, it would be, what it's called. Painkiller. Painkiller. Pain yes. And Matthew go. Broderick is the lead in it, I believe. So yes. that does arrive on Friday on Netflix, I think. And that is strictly embargoed. It but is we, embargoed, so we're we covering will. that on the Pilot TV Pilot Plus exactly. Um, there's a second season of shows that you didn't think would get a second season uh, of Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty on Sky Atlantic slash now on Monday, starting today, Monday. This is the dramatization of the 1980s LA Lakers basketball team, legendary team. Um, uh, so, you know, if you're into that, I know Kay is, um, for example. <laughs> I am, although last time I said I was going to get into it because I like basketball, um, someone corrected me on my mispronunciation of the oh. name. I think it was Stephen Curry. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, yeah. No, but no, it was it was educational. It was good because uh, yeah. I did think he was Stephen. Yes. Uh, yeah. No, fair enough. It is spelled Stephen. So, I mean, you know. Yeah. Um, I think that might be about, yeah, it's not, the, it's not, as you may be able to tell from the fact that we've done some uh, returning shows this week, which is not usually, uh, it's not the strongest week. We are in, in the middle of the t- summer TV season where um, not, there's like sport on and everything and not that much brand new stuff. But we're still, we're still manfully Isn't striding the, on. Doesn't the final season of Billions start on Saturday on Paramount Plus? Do you know what? It d- actually starts on Friday. That's a very good Does point. Does it? Yeah, and they, they changed that start date annoyingly after I'd gone to press in heat with my, uh, without my PA. So they moved it from Saturday to Friday? The other, yeah, they moved from Saturday to Friday. And the other weird thing is it's going to be on Paramount Plus and Sky Atlantic. Oh, How weird that's is that? confusing. Yeah. Sky Atlantic now and Paramount Plus, the new series, the last and seventh series of Billions. You are absolutely right. Yes, James, you'll you'll be happy to know that last week I tried to sneak Celebrity MasterChef uh, <laughs> under the radar. Boyd was not having it on your bus. And I love so. Celebrity MasterChef, by the way. But yeah, no, I won't. I won't. Boyd yeah. fighting the good fight. And you know, yeah, 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 yeah. one more thing. Sorry, I know we got you got hauled out, but that mad show, The Reunion. Do you remember with you and Griffith? Oh my god! Uh, yes. That, that, oh my god! Yes, that arrives. <laughs> that arrives on ITV One on Friday, nine o'clock, listeners, because it was on ITVX, and now it's arriving on ITV Prime Time, which makes it even madder. So there you go. Two things: if you want an absolutely deranged watch, then you could watch that. I'm not saying it's good, but it is absolutely mad. But if you want more enjoyment, I'm going to suggest dining back and listening to our review of that when it first came out, which was entirely <laughs> anarchic because it is absolutely banana crackers, cuckoo bong, and all of those things rolled into one. It's deranged. Uh, it is batshit crazy. It is absolutely batshit crazy. But as you said, I do have a hard out. So, what is our pick of the week? Only murders in the building. building. I will reluctantly concede that because I have no other option, although I preferred Annika. Annika! Right, that's it for this week's show. If you enjoyed it, please do head over to a podcast platform, any podcast platform. If you're Sarah Phelps, do it right now and leave us a five, 
Arkin rating. Uh, and if you would like to get in touch with us on social media, we are at Boyd Hilton, at K. Ribeiro, and at James C. Dyer, as well, of course, as at Pilot TV Pod. Now, we'll be back, as we said, Pilot Plus will be there on Thursday. If you do not subscribe to Pilot Plus, then obviously, why not? Please do so, emperorline.com slash Pilot TV. Uh, and on that show, on Pilot Plus, we'll be talking about the spoilers of the first episode of Only Murders the Building Season 3 for My Sins, as well as some other bits and bobs as well. And we're reviewing, as we said, Painkiller. Right, on next week's show, we will return in your ears and our regular show on Monday, where we'll be talking about, I don't know, possibly The Chosen One on Netflix, maybe Shelter on Prime, but you'll have to wait and see. Until that time... We're going around to Boyd's to help him carry an enormous television through his front door <laughs> and attempt to attach it to a non-supporting structural wall. Pilot out. <laughs>